Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 79. When trust is broken. Boom. Boom. Dropped mic. This, I think, might be one of the most practical podcasts we've ever done. Really? I really I feel like a that. lot of the ones that we do are practical. No, I... I I really believe there'll be some tools that we're going to talk about in this conversation that will greatly benefit you at work, at home, in your friendships. Cool. Like big time. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. We're going to get um, to that. But first, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, in the background, you see a little bit of Christmas. I could not help myself. First of all, it's not finished, not even close. We got our, um, I ordered garland and oh, she loves this garland. I girl. love the garland. It's so thick and like luscious. It's beautiful. But, anyways, we never like splurge on decor because it's seasonal. So you don't yeah. like have it up yeah. long. You can't enjoy it long. But I feel like that was worth the splurge. Anyways, I got it in the mail and I was like, oh, I'm just going to hang it up just to see how it hangs and like how the shape is. It's still up and it's going to stay up until I get my other decor out. And it's only half half the garland um, right now. I'm waiting for another piece. So it looks really janky, but it's about to be full blown up in here next week. Right. We're decorating. I, we are. Yep. And I will admit that it, the garland has lights on it. So it, it last couple nights watching tv just to have a little christmas glow has been nice honestly very warm that's the best that's my favorite part is nighttime decor because it's just like so cozy and when it's gone in in january it's it just feels like i live in a cold like sterile hospital (laughs) so again i think the question is how soon is too soon we have it's what's today november 10th at the time of this recording yeah november 10th uh, we have two people on our street that have their lights up already. Yep. And I've seen like, you know, you go to the mall or you go to shopping. I went today to this like little shopping center area and they have a huge tree up. Our Kroger has a huge tree up. So I just like, I feel like I need to do it. Yeah. But I am, we've decided this week was too soon, but we're doing it next week. Like yeah. the week before Thanksgiving. Cause I like for Thanksgiving to feel Christmassy in the house, yeah. even though I understand it's still like, Thanksgiving too early, but it's still Thanksgiving, but I feel like you kind of need that like coziness of Thanksgiving. I, my guess is people listening to this podcast right now, there are a lot of divided opinions about this. Strong opinions, strong opinions. I saw this study. I'm not even joking that they said that people who decorate early for Christmas scientifically based on their studies are happier people. Really? Yeah. I believe it. But think about it. Like, you're just kind of like, woohoo, I'm excited. Or maybe it's the opposite and we're all really sad and we just need our Christmas decorations to make us happy. (laughs) I don't know. We're sad. We need to put up some lights. I don't know. But think back to like COVID times. Everyone decorated early for everything because we were all stuck in our house. So I don't know. I think there's a happy medium. Huh? We had nothing better to do. Right. So I don't think next week's too early. There's people out there that think very strongly otherwise. And some people just hate. Christmas decorations. Yeah. I have a I had a girl on my Instagram that was like, I hate all Christmas decorations. I was like, well, did you respond back and don't just come say, to my house? Gosh, you're a but you're a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite so response. You know that, like That's sometimes. I, I mean, I'm I am more than happy to respond to criticism online and stuff like that. But sometimes the things they say are just so outlandish that it's like not worth your time. So my go-to response, and I'm not saying this is wise or 
smart, but when somebody just is just so critical and nasty and ugly. I mean, you don't know. I always just respond with, I bet you're a blast at parties. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> I uh, bet you are a blast. Because you know they read that. It just makes me laugh, and then I can move on. Yeah, well, and then probably just makes them more mad. I know, I know, but sometimes you just have to, like, (laughs) add some laughter to the insanity that our world has become. (gasps) It's so true. Anyways, if you're decorating, props to you. If you're waiting, well, you must not be very happy. I will say this (laughs) real quick, and we'll move on. The one benefit of waiting, I've noticed for me, like if we decorated this week, I wouldn't have really been in the mood. And we'll we'll do it next week, and I'll be a little bit in the mood. But if you if you did wait until like in December, I think you would be in more of a Christmassy mode. Like, wow. Or it can already be Christmassy, and you can just relax in December and sit on your couch Great and watch point. Hallmark movies. Well, as you said, we're decorating next week. Yeah, so. Solved. End of discussion. End of discussion, yes. Oh, man. Okay, so okay. when trust is broken. Yes, I'm yes, yes. I'm so excited about this. So uh, to be honest, this is a um, – some of this content is content that I have shared with organizations because mm-hmm. I think it's really important on an organizational level uh, to get this inside of your team, whether you have a team of staff of five or whether you have a staff of 500. This is a major cultural important cultural piece Mm -hmm. right to any company but i'm not going to go that in depth in these few minutes that we have but that's where some of these 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 points and these ideas these concepts come from Mm -hmm. um and i i just think that when you when we think about relationships you know we all think about different characteristics that make a healthy relationship and there's several of them right we could list things like grace uh flexibility respect anger control like all all those things play into a healthy relationship. But I think the by far the most important characteristic that then allows you to solve some of the other issues and things that might be going on inside of any relationship is trust, right? I mean, trust is at the center of every healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. If there is no trust, there is no health. Yep, I agree. Doesn't matter what else is going on, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, and, and again, that would be true of work relationships. It's true of your relationship with your boss, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, but I think that we also have to admit that as humans, because none of us are perfect, we are going to create gaps. Mm-hmm. And gaps are going to be created by other people around us. And by gap, you mean like a, a space to question? A, yes, a space to question trust is what I mean by a gap. And I'll get a little further into that in just a second. But because we're human, we're going to create these gaps. So I'll give you an example of a gap. Let's say that I tell you I'm going to be home at five o'clock and um, you don't hear from me. It's five o'clock. I'm still not home. 5.15, I'm not home. 5.45, I've come strolling in the door. Hey, Jor, how's your day? In that In that moment, <laughs> a gap has been created. I said I was going to do something, show up at five o'clock. And I don't roll in until 5.45. It doesn't matter what my excuse is. Maybe I was having a great time working. Maybe a conversation went a lot longer than I thought. Maybe there was a bad traffic jam. Either way, a gap's been created in that. Or let's say that I'm going to do a coaching session with somebody. It's scheduled for 2 o'clock. I get online at 2, and they just don't show. Now they've created a gap with me. They said they were going to do something, and then they didn't. Gaps will happen, right? We create them with the people around us and the people around us are going to create them with us. It's inevitable. The big question is what do you do with the gap? 
Mm-hmm. When a gap's created, what do you do with it? So they're going to be created in all of our relationships. How do we handle them? So I'm going to give you just four things that I think are important to think about when you have created a gap with someone or someone created a gap with you. Okay. First one is this. You have to be aware of your bias. We all have a bias. Uh, you ever heard of uh, Patrick Leonzi- Lencioni? I can never yes. say his name right. Yeah. Uh, I love that dude. His energy on stage is great. But he talks about uh, fundamental attribution error. And he says fundamental attribution error essentially says this. It's a tendency to attribute the negative or frustrating behavior of another team member to their intention or their personality. So when someone uh, is, you know, exhibits some characteristic that's negative or frustrating to you, you always assign that to their, you know, intentions or their personality. That's who they are. However, when we create a gap, when you create a gap in yourself, you don't attribute it to fundamental attribution error. You attribute it most generally to your circumstances. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, if I'm late, and I told you I was going to be home at 5 and I roll at 5.45, it's because, oh, I was doing such a good job with the client, we couldn't stop, right? Mm-hmm. It's because of my goodness right. that I'm 45 minutes late. Yeah. Uh, tr- there, there was a car wreck, right? I was out of my control. I couldn't handle it, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's my circumstances around me. I paint it as positive. Right. If you tell me you're going to be at home at 5 and you don't roll until 5.45, I'm going to make all kinds of assumptions. She's lazy. She wouldn't pay attention to time. She doesn't respect me. (laughs) You see the difference? Yeah, that's a good point. That's so true. There's a bias. Yes, we all do this. There's a bias there, and you have to be aware of that. Um, I blame my stuff on environment. I'm going to blame everybody else's stuff on their character. Hmm. So when that gap's created, the goal here with, with this first point is to be aware of your bias. Not Don't jump to a conclusion. It's really good. All right. The second thing is this. You have to engage instead of withdrawal. And I believe if you're interested in repairing trust with someone who has created gaps with you, this is by far the most important step. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have inside of us a, a trust meter, if you will, right? So every time you interact with another person, your trust meter is either going up or it's going down. This all happens completely subconsciously, but yeah. but it's there, right? Yep. And you base this off all kinds of different factors, right? Their truth-telling record, their commitment-keeping pattern, their confidentiality, their consistency and character, all of that stuff plays into your trust meter. And again, it happens subconsciously. So when you're in a conversation with a friend and that friend is gossiping about another one of your friends... Without you even realizing it in that moment, your trust meter is going down a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? Because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, even though you might be very interested in the gossip, right? Right. You're like, I'm not going to share my stuff with her. Yeah, Yeah, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, what is she telling that Mm -hmm. friend about me? Your Mm -hmm. trust meter is going down a little bit. Or you, you catch a friend or a coworker in a lie, and you know it was a lie. Maybe it wasn't a big enough lie for you to confront them about it, but in that moment, Mm -hmm. your trust meter is going down. Now, when your trust meter is going down, the natural tendency is always going to be to withdraw. Hmm. You're going to withdraw. And generally, the further we withdraw, what happens? The more suspicious we become. It's true. Right? So you don't address it. 
trust meters headed south could be based on a whole bunch of different things that happened or you perceive that happened. But when that trust meter starts to go down, the natural tendency for the vast majority of us is that we begin to withdraw. Well, it's because you th- if you already don't trust them, you don't even trust their response to your engagement. Yeah. So like say I want to like talk about it. If you don't trust them, it's like, I don't want to talk to you about it. Yeah. Like, I don't trust that you're going to give me an authentic answer. And when you withdraw, and this is, I think it's a protection thing for most of us. Because again, without trust, you don't have a healthy relationship. So yeah. you're, it feels unhealthy. It feels unsafe. So you withdraw to some degree to protect yourself. When you do that, though, there's no doubt about it. It is going to stunt, redefine, or even completely eliminate that relationship. Yeah. So what do you do? I think the wise person, when confronted with a relationship with a trust meter, is headed south. If the relationship's important to you, right, you're going to engage instead of withdrawal. Yeah. That's not the time to withdraw. That just makes it worse. You've got to engage in that, and you've got to lean into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And um, I have found that using this language around a gap being created is, is helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I... These corresponding points that are coming up, I think, will help explain that a little bit. But engage instead of withdrawal. Okay. All right. Third thing you got to do. Assume there's information you don't have. That's a good one. Yes. And hard. (laughs) Because I feel like I know everything in that moment. I know. We all do. But if there's some gaps that have been created between you and another person, you should assume that there's probably some information you don't have. In fact, I think a great place to start when you do choose to engage them is right there. Yeah, first. Instead of jumping right into your thoughts on why they did what they did or why they didn't show up or why all the accusations that kind of come along when a gap's created, uh, when you engage instead of withdrawal, a great starting place is, hey, I'm going to assume there are probably some things I don't know. Yeah. Could you help me understand this better? Yeah. That keeps you from looking, acting a fool and looking stupid. Yeah. Because like if I jumped all over you and you walked in the door with, I can't believe, I can't believe. And meanwhile, you'd stopped on the side of the road to help granny with her tire. I'd feel like a jerk. Yes, you, you know, Or any of those circumstances and you gave. And I would have already become defensive because you attacked me. Yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to spin real quick. Yeah. Right? And so start with this idea that there's probably some information you don't have. I'll give a, a very generic version of a story that involves you and I, okay. even in this past month, Okay. where I was trying to get a hold of somebody, and I'd send them some emails, Yeah. right? And there was, there was no response. And this was somewhat surprising to us, because there's been a pattern of decent communication, right? And so, you know, you and I kind of went back and forth with, maybe they're not getting them. Well... So I'd send another one. Hey, maybe you didn't receive this. Just wanted to make sure, you know, nothing. And then you and I started spinning off worst case scenarios. Yeah, we're like, this person's mad at us for some reason. This person, like, has it out for it. They've given up on us. They've canceled us. They've, like, has something happened we're not aware of. And, oh, my gosh, we. uh, this is kind of an embarrassing story to tell. But you and I spent probably hours over the course of a month trying to guess why this person would not communicate with us. Right. Because yeah. we were making an assumption they were getting the emails and purposely ignoring them. Yeah. 
Which, who knows? <laughs> we, no, it ended up kidding. not being the case. <laughs> I, I choose to believe and trust that for some reason they, they weren't actually receiving yeah. them. And once we finally got communication established, everything worked out fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm just telling you, we waste a ton of time and energy trying to predict other people's motives. Mm-hmm. Stop. That's what happens when you withdraw. You have to fill in the gap with all kinds of suspicions, all kinds of conjured up ideas of what's going on. 99% of the time, you're not accurate with those, and you just wasted a lot of time and energy. It reminds me, you put up a quote this week on Instagram, and it's a different context, but it reminds me a lot of this, where it's the current moment is not unbearable. It's what you think potentially could happen, or it's all the spinning off of the what ifs. That's unbearable because... It's out of your hands. It's in the future. It creates anxiety. But the current moment is not that. And so it's yeah. like that. It's, it's before you spin off all the craziness, just exist in what you know is. And then you'll come to know the reality, yeah. you know? But it's, it's absolutely toxic to sit there and spin in it. Yep. Which is what you have to do almost when you withdraw. You have to make assumptions. Yeah, That's you- why the engagement is so important and the just you know, in whatever format, it totally depends, right? Based on what relationship the gap's been created with. But to sit down with that other person and just say, hey, I got to be honest with you. I I got a gap here and I I need your help with this because this relationship is important to me. Uh, It's it's either important to me, you know, because A, I love that person or B, Mm -hmm. our ability to work together produces something that's important. Mm -hmm. So, hey, this relationship's important to me. There's been a gap here and I just want to talk about that I think it's a big one for work um specifically I had a job that I feel like a gap was created by my boss and this is not a current job that I have but a gap was created and I took that gap a couple gaps honestly were created and I withdrew and I did my job but I just no longer trusted this person and so everything that this person did I was like oh he's, that's not, that's a lie. That's a lie. Or you're not being honest or whatever. And I just spiral in my, Mm -hmm. in the toxic mentality. And I was not happy in that job for a long time because of that, where if I had maybe gone to my boss and said, Hey, I feel like, you know, something's off. off. Like you said this, did you really mean that? I feel like I could have probably gotten on a better track with that person. Um, but instead I just labeled the whole company as dishonest and like, peace yeah. you know it's sure. it, and so i think that i i've been only thinking about it in the sense of like relationship but there's also a lot of, a lot of this like you said with career and job and stuff yeah what's what's the name of the show that we've been watching lately uh from scratch from scratch which is i thought it was a great it's a series of it's like it's based eight on episodes. a true book i don't know if it's a book it's just a true story but oh. maybe a book yeah okay maybe a book it, it was great but there's this scene in the show, I, I, the last four episodes, I think I cried through all four of them. We did, yeah. A we lot did. of tears. Oh. But there's this one scene where this couple are getting married and her mom stands up to give a speech and her and her dad had been divorced, I think, for a long time. And the mom gives this illustration about sometimes in marriage, you're going to get a, a pebble in your shoe. Mm-hmm. And she basically said... On the journey, you're going to get a pebble in your shoe. On the journey, yeah. yeah. Deal with it. Because if you don't, you walk with a limp, essentially mm-hmm. is what she was mm-hmm. saying, right? Yeah. And that yeah. kind of reminds me of this. Like on our journey with people, whether it's in a workplace, a marriage, you're going to get a pebble in your shoe, right? Yeah. A gap's going to get created. And that gap, if, if you engage it and deal with it in a, in a healthy way, 
can be filled in with trust mm-hmm. and become a very beautiful thing, or it can become this gaping hole that one day it's almost impossible for you to get by because yeah. you never addressed yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Fourth one, and this one is specific to those of you who possibly have created a gap with somebody else, mm-hmm. which is all of us. Mm-hmm. All of us. Yep. Right. Um, and that is be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. Now, being tr- a trustworthy person is not someone who never creates a gap. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? I, I think it's really, really important. Being a trustworthy person does not mean that you're someone who never creates a gap. Being a trustworthy person means that you own a gap when you create a gap. Mm-hmm. It's a big difference, right? Yeah. Own a gap when you create a gap. And now this takes, it takes humility and it also takes awareness, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the example that we started with of me being 45 minutes late with you, that means I, I need to not come in and act as if nothing happened. Like right. just hope that Jordan didn't notice that it's 545 instead of five, mm-hmm. right? Maybe this will just blow over. No, I need to own it. The very first thing I need to say is regardless of why I'm late, even if it was to stop to help the old woman change her tire, it needs to start with, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I told you I'd be home at five. I wasn't here, mm-hmm. right? And, and then if, if there's further explanation needed. But when you create a gap, you need to own the gap. Mm-hmm. And I would say... And this is really important for those of you that are leaders. Uh, maybe you have a small business. Maybe you have a large business you run. Uh, I, I know that for all of us that are leaders, creating a healthy culture is really, really important, right? And you got to create a culture where people can admit mistakes with confidence instead of hiding mistakes out of fear. It's good. Right? So this goes both ways. And, and so whether... Th- your leadership is your family unit or whether it's your company, creating a culture where people can admit mistakes with confidence instead of hiding mistakes out of fear, mm. I think is really important. Yeah. And if you create a culture uh, like that and someone around you is still consistently trying to hide their mistakes, you no longer have a culture issue. That person has a character issue. Mm-hmm. And now we're dealing with something completely different. Right, right. But there's a lot of people who are inside of a work culture where if a mistake is made, it, it is blown up, it, they're penalized instantly, you know, they're not going to get the promote. You know. So yeah, of course in that culture they're going to try to cover up their mistakes the best they can. Yeah. Well, I think about it um, relationally, Create it being that safe space for your spouse, your friend, your whoever. Um, because if you're not, if you take advantage of the moments that they're vulnerable and say, I'm sorry, or even if you like go on the attack before they even have a chance to explain themselves, that's it. I, I'm going to run and hide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm not going to feel like I can admit when I'm wrong because I'm so busy defending myself or trying to not be like, you know, verbally harassed you know, it's it's something that I feel like you have to ha- be the safe person to if you want to have this trustworthy relationship That's you right. have to have safety on both sides um, so that vulnerability can happen and you don't feel like you're going to be punished because if you create that then the gap's just going to be created all the time because no one wants to deal with that yeah yep you're dead on so just for review beware of your bias because you have one Engage instead of withdrawal, which I think is the most important point. Assume there's information you don't have. 
Mm-hmm. When you go to engage with that person, don't walk in with your guns loaded, mm-hmm. right? Assume there's, there's, give them that opportunity. Yeah. And then the fourth is be trustworthy. When you create a gap, fill the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that last one, we're all imperfect with that. And it's, I think that's a skill to learn, you know, like the for sure having to be intentional enough to like stop yourself fill in the gap first or apologize first. Like that's something that, cause we all kind of want to like stand up and just put our defenses up. Yeah. So I think that one is almost something you have to really practice for it to be something that you can, you know, implement quickly, you know, yeah. in a moment where you do create that gap. So that's really Yeah. Cool. And I, you know, and I, I have found over time, especially with people that I lead when they own a gap before I even see it, mm-hmm. it speaks volumes. Huge. Volumes. I remember years ago, I had a student pastor uh, on our staff, and my oldest son had just went into the youth group. They had a night where some things went very wrong. It just didn't work out the way it was supposed to work out. And uh, he reached out to me almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Right Now, I probably would have heard about it, probably not from my son, who probably didn't even recognize the things that went wrong. But a parent, somebody would have sent me an email. I would have found out about it. But he owned it before I could. Mm -hmm. And he came straight to me and said, hey, this happened. I'm sorry it happened. Here's why it happened. And I'm going to do my best to make sure it never happens again. Mm -hmm. Man, that instantly won a ton of respect with me. And I had even more trust for this guy. More trust, yep. More trust. Even though there were mistakes made that could have eroded trust if I had found out about it a different way or if he'd have made excuses or whatever. He just owned it. And man, when you own own your gaps that you create with the people around you, you you win them over. They they feel like there's some natural trust built in and you're not going to hide stuff in the future. Exactly. I think that's true in relationships too. Like I was just thinking, if you ever came to me and told me something that I probably would not have found out anyways, I would be like... I trust this man with anything like yeah. <laughs> like he's going to guard my heart and I'm going to guard his. And um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point, even organizationally. So yeah. cool. I saw on the news this morning, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, which I know is a polarizing figure for many, but um, I think they laid off like 13 percent of their their staff there at Meta. And they showed a clip of the video he had sent to his employees. And the very first thing he said is, this is my fault. Wow. Yeah. Didn't blame you know, other there's people probably a hundred other people didn't blame yeah. the economy. Didn't blame. He's like, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. Essentially saying, I created a gap here. I thought that we could afford all of you. Uh, it turns out we can't and right. still be profitable. Right. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just there's something that that really wins powerful. me over. Yeah, very powerful when somebody creates a gap but then owns it. Yeah, that's good. I like that one. That was very practical. Like you said. I told you. You told me. Do you doubt good. me? Yes. You've broken my trust. (laughs) I created a gap. You created a gap. No, I think that's really good when trust is broken. That's awesome. You know what I like about it the most? When you talk about breaking trust, even the title of this, when we we called this when trust is broken, it sounded so heavy, right? There's something about that that feels really heavy. That's why I like the gap language. Mm -hmm. Because instead of going to someone and saying, you broke your trust, you can just say, hey, a gap was created here. Yep. And, and it, so it gives you language, and I've heard this from organizations I've given this talk to. They're like, oh, thank you. We just needed some language to start conversations. So heavy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because even the, you broke my trust, if that's the first sentence out of your mouth, it's like, I'm already mad. Like, crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez. That's good. I like it. Um, well, 
If you'd like to share this or like, subscribe, all the things, that would be super helpful to us. Um, And as you hear us talk about in the podcast, this is also on YouTube. If you listen on Apple or Spotify or wherever else, it's also um, on YouTube. We had someone comment uh, the other day that said, this is my first time actually watching you guys. I hadn't done that yet. So not that it's any more interesting, but if you do like that format, that's available to you. If you enjoy garland. Yeah, if you enjoy half done garland. (laughs) then this is your place. (laughs) This is your place. Thank you very much. And that was another good good talk. talk.